Today, I actually want to take a few moments and talk about let go of the weight. And uh, I want us to see this passage of Scripture, Hebrews chapter 12, and this is kind of an end-of-the-year sort of message that can help us get a fresh start to a new year. But Hebrews 12, uh, verse 1, 2, 3, Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every encumbrance, and that word could be translated weight, and the sin which so easily entangles us, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself, so that you may not grow weary and lose heart. It's an interesting idea. The Bible talks about this concept a lot, that there is a race for us to run. Uh, 1 Corinthians tells us that we should run in such a way that we would win. Uh, not that we're competing with anybody else in our race, but there's a race that's set before us. And, and we all have a, a kind of a combined thing that we run a race in, but we also have our individual uh, areas of life, maybe our marriage or uh, our career or our walk with God, our church, uh, a lot of ways that there is a race that's set before us. And, and the Bible says that that race is won when you run it with endurance. Everybody say Endurance. Endurance is a, what the word that's translated endurance is a Greek word, hupomene, which literally means to stay under or to remain under. In other words, to stick with it, to stay underneath the commitment that you made or stay under the lordship of Jesus or stay under uh, what you have said, this is what I'm going to run a race in. Endurance is a powerful force. Success ultimately will bow its knee to endurance. Every person who wins in any arena of life, whether you are going to win in your race of your walk with God or your race with career or your race with health or your race with um, your marriage, uh, every person who is going to win in their race is possesses and literally is almost possessed by the power of endurance. The power to stay under, the power to stick with it. And, and I've found over the many, many years now that I've been pastoring and, and trying to help people reach their highest potential in God and in life, that it's not how well we start, but it's how we finish that matters the most. The, the secret to lasting success is often just lasting. <laughs> you know, you, you can stay with it, and you have this, you have this kind of determination. I'm just going to stick with this. I'm just going to stay with it. I don't feel like doing it today, but I'm going to do it anyway. You know, uh, I don't, I'm not feeling energetic about it, but I'm just going to go ahead and do it anyway. Persistence, this idea of that I'm going to get back up again, and though I may fall, I'm going to get back up again. The capacity to keep going after the race that's set before you when other people seem to have quit, but you just keep 
ongoing. That's the person that's going to win the race, ultimately. The, pe- the person who can make it through the down cycles, through the dry times, you know, that's the person who's going to be to stay on track with their vision, with their dream, with their calling. I, I read somewhere that, that out of 100 guys that would start in the ministry after 20 years, that there would only be two of those 100 that are still in the ministry. So, so there. Endurance. Endurance builds great marriages. Endurance builds great businesses. Endurance builds literally financial fortune can be built with endurance. Not a get-rich-quick kind of approach, but an understanding we're actually going to have a a class available uh, in a couple of weeks. We're going to start it, a breaking free class that helps people get a handle on their financial resources. And and you'll find that if you have a plan and you stick with the plan, eventually it will grow into something significant for your life. Endurance helps great ministries continue to move forward. Endurance is a part of being healthy. You can't just say, well, I'm going to do one push-up and that's it for the year. Endurance is going to make your walk with God be a great thing. It's that ability to stay with it, to stay under, to stick with it, to keep showing up, to be determined. And so I want to share a couple of thoughts that, that surround this idea that come out of this passage that I hope will help us um, as we end this year begin to get ourselves ready for a fresh new year. So the first idea is this. You have to know the race that's set before you. At some point, we, we have to figure out, what am I supposed to do with my life? And for some people, that is harder than for other people. But a sense of direction about life that certainly things can adjust and things can grow or progress as life moves on, but a sense of direction. What am I called to do with my life? I believe endurance requires a vision of where you're headed so that the vision can keep you going. Proverbs 24, verse 16 says, a righteous man falls seven times. So get the idea that it's, you, you, nobody's flawless in this pursuit of the race that's set before them. A righteous man would fall seven times and then rise again, but the wicked stumble in time of calamity. So when you get up and after you've fallen, because it's not a matter of are you, you know, might you fall, it's when you fall, you know, when you get up again and you know what direction you want to go, that's a powerful force in your life. I want to encourage you as you move into 2018, and maybe you've landed squarely on this already and you're fine, but don't just look for a job. Look for something to invest your life into. Don't just look for a paycheck. Don't just look for, well, who's hiring? But look for something you can invest your life into. 
And I actually, I do believe that one of the great things that is so powerful about being wholeheartedly involved in a, in a local church is that instead of just coming to meetings on occasion, we actually can invest ourselves into something that has eternal value. Every person that served last weekend had a part to play in 44 people accepting Christ into their life. That's a beautiful thing. And, and I, I really think that it's part, I, sh, I believe it's part of the race that every believer is called to run, to find the local church, the family of believers that God wants them to be a part of and say, I'm going to invest myself into it with whatever gifts, whatever talents, whatever capacities God has put in me so that I can contribute something to the great work that local church does. Don't just make a living, but build a great life. And I want to distinguish for us for a few moments the difference between direction and destination. Because destination might be some place you want to end up at. You know, like you have a goal that you want to reach. You know, what, how many push-ups you really want to be able to do. <laughs> or what your financial goal is. Or what your spiritual goal is. Or what your, where you want to, want to reach. But direction is heading towards that goal. Now, I find that it's easy to get caught up in destination disease. Anybody know what that is? Destination disease is you're not happy with your life until you, until you get there. And what I've discovered is once you get there, there is still not enough. You want more. Right? Am I talking to anybody? And, and the idea that's more important, I think, than just having a destination that we're headed for is that we are headed in the right direction. Don't get so obsessed with destination that you're missing out on the joy of direction. 2017 may have been a great year for you. Uh, 2017 may have been a difficult year for you. 2017 may have been both, <laughs> you know, where you had some arenas of your life where it just seemed like everything came together and some arenas of your life where everything kind of unraveled and, and fell apart. But I just want you to know that the will of God is not over there. The will of God is right now. It's not when you get there. And I want to encourage you, Today, as you are here, last Sunday, 2017, fresh new year in front of us, is that maybe your life is not going in exactly the greatest direction. But I want to encourage you to know that you can change direction in a moment. You, you may not be at the new destination in a moment, but you can change direction in a moment. That's the, the glory of being a human being is you can change direction. 
You can, you can make a choice. You can, you can change the tone of your life. You can change the quality of your life. You can change the flavor of your life by changing the direction that you're headed. You got to know the race that's set before you. There's a lot of stuff that's going to want to take away from that or distract you from that or pull you away from it. But there is a race that God sets before you, and you're wired for your race. You're going to love the will of God for your life. I'm not saying that the will of God for your life is always going to be easy. But I am going to say that you will love it. There's something in you that will say, this is the direction God wants me to go with my life. I, I, I love giving myself. My whole adult life, I've given myself to making the house of God great. I love it. Has it always been easy? No. Have I always felt good doing it? No. Have I been disappointed in it sometimes? Yes, but I, it's something that I just love. I love all putting all the pieces together, and I love watching people succeed. I, watched, I love seeing marriages come back together again. I love seeing marriages happen. I, I love watching families get healed up and come back together again. And this... It's just a beautiful thing when God starts to put something in your heart that you love and you begin to pour your life into it. And I want to say, if you don't love what you're doing with your life, I didn't say it's easy, but if you don't love what you're doing with your life, you can change direction. If you don't like your job... You can get another one. Amen. If you don't like your life, (laughs) you can change direction. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says this, I urge you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and a holy sacrifice acceptable to God. This is your spiritual service of worship. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And all of this works together so that you could prove what the will of God is. And here's what the will of God is. The will of God is good. It's acceptable. It's perfect. And maybe this would be a good Sunday for you to present yourself to God. Maybe this would be a good Sunday to put your life on the altar. Maybe your life was on the altar, but it crawled off. And this could be a great Sunday for you to go, you know what? I'm just going to go fresh. I'm going to go hard after God. The Bible says, don't be conformed, but be transformed literally by renewing your mind. It's a recognition that God set a race before you. He wired you for it. It's a direction for your life, and you don't have to be squeezed into the mold of this world, but it says you can be transformed by renewing your mind. In other words, you can change your thinking. You can change your paradigm. The way way you think about life, the way you go about life, you can change your life. 
You can change. And I know some people, they, some people feel stuck. Like, I don't know if I can really change. I'm telling you, you can change your life. Present your life to God. Put your life on the altar before God. Get a good cooperating with God and changing your mind and changing your attitude. When you put your life on the altar, when you really give your life to Jesus, the power of God gets released to what's on the altar. So you got you to gotta know what is the race that's set before you. The second thing I want to talk about is you got to take the long view. Everybody say the long view. The long view. Hebrews 12, 2 says this, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith. And this, this is the phrase I want us to look at. For the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. In other words, Jesus was in the middle of something that was needed to be endured. He was shamed by people around him. But for the joy set before him, he endured it, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God to endure the winters. I don't like winter. To endure the dry times, to endure the opposition, to endure the obstacles. And I know some people think, well, if I just start really serving God, don't the obstacles go away? No. Don't the opposition go away? Absolutely not. To, to endure it all, who pominate, to stay under, you got to take the long view. Jesus was in the middle of something, but he looked past it to see where he was headed. Don't make decisions in the middle of winter that you're going to regret in the spring. So the flowers are not coming up in your garden right now. Well, don't plow up your garden. Come on, it's cold right now. Don't throw away your swimming trunks. A new day is coming. You're walking through a tough time in your marriage. Don't walk out on it. Your kids are being stupid. Come on. Don't say something in that moment that could damage your relationship for the long haul. You got to take the long view. Your business, your relationships, your walk with God, your church, everything about life goes through summers and winters. It goes through feasts and famine. And you have to take the long view. I go, this is a long race. This is a long book. This is, 2017 was one chapter. But I, there's a whole book. 2017 was one frame in the, in the, the film story. 
You got to learn. You learn the you learn the lesson of this chapter of this frame, so that you can keep running your race and run into the next frame. Third idea I want to talk about is this: you have to maintain a spirit of faith. If you're going to run your race well, if you're going to win your race, you got to maintain a spirit of faith. So the Bible says Hebrews 12:2, fixing our eyes on Jesus who is the author and perfecter of faith. Faith is the substance within you of the thing that you're hoping for. It's the inner possession of the thing that you know is going to come to pass, and you can't see it with these eyes, but you can see with the eyes of your heart. And, you know, when when do you start building the house? When do you start building the addition to the church? You actually start building when it's finished. Like when all the plans are done, when all the financing is secured, when the lot's been purchased, when everything's been set up, you do all this stuff behind the scenes, you do all this stuff on the inside, and it's from the inside that you build what can be seen on the outside. What's happening on the inside of you is prophetic about what's going to be happening on the outside later. So you got to carry that spirit of faith with you inside your spirit. Abraham received a promise from God that he was going to give birth to a son. For 25 years, he had to carry that promise in his spirit without any kind of manifestation of the reality of it. And he, he looked at, he filtered everything in his life through the promise, not through the circumstances. If you're going to run your race well, you can't keep your eyes fixed on your circumstances all the time. You got to keep your eyes fixed on the promise of God. So Abraham, every time he closed his eyes, his eyes of his heart were opened up, and he could see the promise being fulfilled. I bet you've got a promise in your heart. And if you do, I don't want, don't let it go. 25 years, Abraham held on to that promise. Every decision he ever made was shaped by the promise, not by the circumstances. All his relationships were shaped by the promise, not by his circumstances. The way he saw himself His self-image was shaped by the promise God gave him, not by his circumstances. The way he saw God. How many people, they, they give God a go for a little while, and then it doesn't quite work out exactly the way they wanted it to do after two weeks. But when we begin to see God through the lens of his promise, even his marriage was shaped by the promise of God. Promise of God held in his spirit by faith created a man of God. Because God was not just after children coming out of Abraham. He was after the shaping of Abraham. And I think when we have this destination disease, we think when we get there, 
But the truth is, what really matters most is, who are you becoming on the way to going there? Anybody hear what I'm saying today? Even though Abraham didn't see the fulfillment of that promise for most of his life, it was the promise of God held in his spirit by faith that made him into the man God called him to be. I'm just going to encourage you to hold on to the promise that God's given you. And if you don't have a promise, let's get one. We're, we're going to have a prayer season coming up, January. That'd be a good time. See, God, say, God, what's your promise to me? And I'm going to let my life be shaped by that promise, not by the circumstances. And then the last idea that I want to talk about is this idea. Let go of the weight. Hebrews 12.1 says, let us lay aside every encumbrance, which which literally means bulk or weight, and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that's set before us. I need a volunteer. Who wants to be a volunteer today? Come on, bro. Come on up here. All right, here we go. So... So ropes and weights, get a hold of, hang on to that for just a minute. So just hold it right there. So you got this little thing, every time you eat a cookie, it just, it just wraps around you. Whoops, every time you, ooh, there's going to be a lot of sin in your life where this is done. <laughs> every, time, every time you look at that thing you know you shouldn't look at, but you look at it anyway, it just kind of wraps itself around you. I'm not picking on you, I'm just talking. Uh, yeah. Anytime you have a bad attitude with your parents, you just, never. Any, anytime, anytime you just say, I don't feel like worshiping today, just not in the mood for it today. You know what I'm saying? You feel me? Yeah, yeah. Come on. Every time you just say, you know what, I'm not even going to go to church today. I'm tired. I'm not going to read my Bible. I'm just, I don't feel like doing it right now. I'm not going to pray. It doesn't make any difference. You know, and this, this it keeps going around you. I'm about ready to get sick uh, going around this guy. So, so, so it, just, it just slowly wraps itself around you. Yep. And so all of a sudden, you just got all this stuff. You're kind of just so easily entangled. I'm cutting this rope for next service because I don't, I don't want to do this this long. So, so it's just wrapped all around you. And, uh, and you, you weren't even really paying attention, but all of a sudden, you just used to be free, but now you're kind of not. And then, actually, you know, I'm going to put these right here. I'm just tuck these right in here. And then, and then funky stuff happens in life. Yeah, like a toxic relationships. So here you go. Here's something. You know you should be letting that girl go. Letting that boy out of your life, and then uh, you know, and then and then just you know, crazy stuff happens. You get you get a funky attitude, or maybe you get some unforgiveness going on in your spirit, and you got this going on. And then when somebody says, "Hey, man, run," 
And what the Bible is telling us is, let go of the weight. Do it. Oh, yeah. Let go of the weight and the sin that's so easily entangled. I'll let you untangle yourself. You made me all dizzy. Come on, give him a great big hand. Here's, here's what I want to say. There, there's things, they just come into our life that wrap us up, things that weigh us down, and we're just carrying this extra weight around. And we want to run the, the race, but it's just harder to win when you let worry take over your soul. It's harder to win when, you're, when you, your life is full of these toxic relationships that you know you need to create some distance. Or when you let a funky attitude get on you or unforgiveness or maybe even just a, a poor self-image. You just don't see yourself the way God sees you. And then all of us, let's be honest, we have our entangling. The, the, the King James calls it besetting sin. The one that you tend toward. The one that you're thinking of right now. That you're hoping doesn't get called out. And I know sometimes, it's, sometimes we judge other people's weakness with our strength. But it's very possible in this room there's somebody that has sexual issues that are very significant or anger issues or pornography issues or jealousy issues or struggle with getting stoned getting drunk and I'm just saying to you you don't earn God's approval by good behavior but all that stuff just starts to wrap you up all that stuff just starts to become a weight that you're carrying around and you want you know there's a direction you should be going but you're just you're just hung up and, and when secret sin lives big in, in the background, it robs you of confidence. The, the biggest hurdle to overcome in winning your race is you, right? It's not them, it's you. Proverbs 16, 32 says, he who's slow to anger is, is better than the mighty. He who rules his spirit, his own spirit is better than the one who captures a city. And I want us to do something here this morning. There are cards that um, look like this in the seat in front of you. Those of you that are in the front seat, you might need a little help to get a hold of these. But I want us to have a moment where we're going to lay aside the past. We're going to lay aside 2017. We're not going to keep carrying the weight. We're not going to keep carrying the hurt. We're not going to keep carrying the sin into 2018. And uh, you don't have to write your name. I don't want you to, actually. But I just want you to write it here. Disappointed or hurt or an issue that you know, it's just time to let it go. To, to let go of the weight 
There's no shame in this. There's no condemnation in this. But I want to, I want you to determine to let go of the weight so that you can run your race well for 2018. Who's with me on this? Who's with me on this? Amen? So here's what I want you to do. I want you to jot down something, and we're going to have a, a moment uh, where we're just going to open up our heart to allow the Holy Spirit to do something in our life. Our guys are going to bring uh, literally a cross up front here. Uh, we're going to have a little thumbtacks. You can, you can push your, your, your issue that you want to leave behind. I don't know what it is for, for you. It might be, it's different for everybody, but you know there's something from 2017 or maybe even longer than that that you know it's just time to let go of the weight and to have a fresh day in your life so jot down maybe it's one thing two things three things if you need another card <laughs> and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna let it go today let's all stand together let's all stand together our team is going to lead us in worship for a minute. And I just want you to, just before the Lord, just say, God, I'm ready to put this aside, or, or I need your help to put this aside and to let it go. And let's spend a few moments. Let's have a moment with God. Let's do it. Keep me with you. 
Hey, I want you to bow your heads, please, and close your eyes. And I just want to take a moment to pray. Father, as we have uh, in humility brought before you uh, our, our humanity, Lord, our, our hurts, our pain, our disappointments, our mistakes, our sin, uh, God, all that we just, we bring, we just want to thank you that you have loved us beyond all of that, uh, and you have come into this world to bring life, to bring freedom, to bring blessing into our world. And I'm praying, Father, for every, every single thing that is placed across, upon this cross today, that the supernatural power of Jesus will move in every life, Lord. You really do change everything. And we make the move to surrender to you. Lord, we ask you to move by your grace and your power to deliver us and set us free so that we could run the race that's set before us. Somebody say, amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord. Amen. Hey, I want you to be seated for a moment and... Uh, I'm just going to ask you to keep in a, in a spirit of prayer with me. If you'd bow your heads and close your eyes, and let's just, we're just taking a minute here, the end of this year, we're just, just coming before the Lord, just bringing our lives and placing them on the altar afresh and uh, in a new way. And, um, you know, maybe you're here today and you've never actually just surrendered your life to Jesus, and I would love to pray with you today, and, and God would open his heart to you in an incredible way. You might think, I'm just nowhere near good enough. It has nothing to do with that. He has so much love for you and, and such a reach for your life that he would love for you to come into his family. Maybe you're here today, and there was a point where you know for sure you were closer to the Lord than you are today. And you've let something come in between you and God. Maybe it's just neglect or maybe it's something that happened. And you know it's time for you to come back home to the God who loves you and to walk with him. Or maybe you just feel unsure about where you stand with God. And I can't think of a better moment than right now for us just to open up our hearts to say, Jesus, I surrender to your love, to your Lordship. I come back to you. I just want to make sure I'm right with you. And nobody's looking around in this moment, but if you, if you just say, Pastor Kirk, that's me. And more important than me praying for you is that you might just signal to God and say, God, I, I need you in my life. I, I want you in my world. I just want you to raise your hand and say, that's me. Would you pray for me? All over this room, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Come on, all over. Just honest, just humble before God. Nobody's got it together. Everybody at some point in their life just had to take a pause and go, God, I don't have what it takes. I need you. Is there anybody else that just says, I'm ready to surrender? God bless you all over the room. Thank you so much. Let's pray this prayer together. You can put your hands down now. Thank you. Oh, this is for everybody who lifted their hand, but I just, I think it'd be beautiful for all of us to pray this together. Everybody say, Lord Jesus, I open my life to your love to your lordship. I need you. I want you in my world as my Lord. I know I've sinned, but I come to the cross where you paid the price 
for my forgiveness. Today is a fresh start. It's a new beginning as I surrender to you. Help me become the person you created me to be. Amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord for his goodness. Amen.